Matthew chapter number 25 this morning. Matthew chapter number 25. We're going to begin reading with verse number 1. The Bible says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their, in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Father, we thank you for your incredible, incredible word, Father. God, I just pray, Lord, that your anointing today will break every yoke of hindrance, every yoke of bondage today. God, I know that there are some people that are here today, uh, Lord, by divine appointment. And God, the Word of God needs to touch them, and the Holy Spirit needs to do a work in their heart today. And so I pray that nothing will hinder or stop this from happening. We declare it. We believe you for it, Father. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, today we will continue our series of messages that I'm calling Pearls from the Parables. Jesus told many stories called parables, and he did this in order to illustrate his teaching. Well, this morning we're going to endeavor to find some pearls from the parable of the ten virgins. Now, I already read you the story, so I'm not going to retell it at this time. There are two things that I'd like to call your attention to from this parable. First of all, I want us to look at the people. The people. See, this story centers around a bridegroom and ten virgins. And so I want to point out three things about these ten virgins. First of all, I want us to notice their invitation. Notice their invitation. All ten were invited to the wedding. Not a one of them was excluded. The Bible talks about a heavenly wedding that's going to take place one of these days. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb, and it's going to take place in heaven. Jesus is the bridegroom, and you and I today, the church, are his bride, and everyone is invited to the wedding. Look with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 19. The book of the Revelation, chapter number 19, verse 7 through 9. The word of the Lord says, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. 
And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. How many are looking forward to being a part of the marriage supper of the Lamb? The second thing I want us to notice about these people in this parable is I want us to notice their intention. Notice their intention. All ten of these virgins intended on making it to the wedding. And yet the Bible says that only five out of the ten actually did. Here's what we need to understand this morning. That is nearly everyone intends on making it to heaven. I've never met anyone, never heard anyone, not even the rankest of sinners say, you know, I just plan on going to hell. Yeah, that's my plan. Just I, I, I'm, I'm going to go to hell. Uh, you know, a lake of fire and brimstone sounds real appealing to me. You know, eternal, unending, unimaginable pain and torture. Yes, sir, that sounds good to me. Sign me up. Make me a reservation. No, I don't think so. Everyone intends on going to heaven. Everyone intends. In fact, most people, I believe, think that they are going to go to heaven. Some people think, you know, as soon as I finish sowing a few wild oats, you know, uh, you know, just let me have a little worldly fun, first of all. You know, I intend on getting saved later. I'm going to, just not right now. Others think that their good works will qualify them. Surely, uh, you know, I haven't done anything bad. I've been a good neighbor. I've been a good person. I've done good deeds. Surely, surely my good works will qualify me for heaven. Others think, you know, surely God won't really allow anyone to go to hell. And then others think, you know, they think, you know, this is just God's way of of scaring us into being better people and scaring us, you know, into living better lives. Surely they think everyone will be saved in the end. The five foolish virgins in this parable fully intended on making it into the wedding. Never ever entered into their minds that they would not make it. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew chapter number 7, in the book of Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 21, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? We have cast out demons in your name. And Lord, we have done many wonderful works in your name. And then Jesus said, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. Those five Foolish virgins intended on making it into the wedding. It never, ever entered into their mind that they would not be allowed and they would not make it into heaven. And Jesus said there are going to be many on judgment day that are going to say, Lord, why can't we come in? Lord, why can't we be a part of the wedding? Lord, why don't you let us into your heaven? 
Lord, we prophesied in your name and we did mighty works in your name and all of these things. But Jesus will say, depart from me. Can you imagine what it must feel like? Can you imagine what it would be like to think that you were going to make it, but yet you do not make it? Notice the third thing that I want to call your attention to about the people in this parable. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And yet although these Five foolish, notice their initial readiness. Their initial readiness. Notice that they were all ten called virgins. All ten of them were pure and prepared. All ten started out with oil in their lamps. Now we need to understand that oil is virgin started out all right. They started out with oil in their lamps. Yet somewhere along the way, for five of the ten, their oil ran out and their lamps grew dark. Initially they were ready. If only the bridegroom would have come while they still had oil in their lamps. Oh, if only the bridegroom would have come while their lights were still shining brightly. Oh, oh, if so, they would have, they would have made it into the wedding. But no, the bridegroom tarried his coming and they ran out of oil. How's it going to be for you this morning? How's it going to be for me? How will it be for us? Oh, will our bridegroom come when we still have oil in our lamps? Will Jesus come for us while our lamps are still shining brightly? Do we have enough oil in our lamps to keep our lights shining? Or is our lamp flickering? Is our lamp about to go out? Do we have any backup oil? Remember, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this morning, is the Holy Spirit still burning in your soul? Is the Holy Spirit still burning in your heart? Or have you grieved Him through unconfessed sin and He has had to move out? You see, just because you were initially ready, just because you were initially prepared, just because one time there was oil in your vessel, that doesn't mean... There still is today. We need to understand this morning that we cannot live on yesterday's experience. We cannot rely on yesterday's oil. No, we need a fresh supply of oil every single day. And that oil is available to us through faith. All right, we've looked at the people. Now, Now let's look this morning. Let's look at the parallel. Let's look at the parallel. Of the ten virgins Jesus spoke of in this parable, he called five of them wise and he called five of them foolish. First of all, I want us to examine the five wise ones and then we're going to look at the five foolish. Let's ask the question this morning, why did Jesus call five of these virgins wise? Why were they wise? What was it about them that made them wise? Well, wise, they were called wise because they were prepared. Not only did they take lamps filled with oil, but they also took extra oil with them. I'll give you three possibilities this morning. First of all, perhaps it was because they prepared. They were 
They knew that there was a possibility that the oil in their lamps could run out before the bridegroom came. And so they prepared for the possible delay of the bridegroom by packing some extra oil. Perhaps another reason why they were called wise is because they prioritized. Their number one goal was making it into the wedding. Their number one goal, their number one objective, no matter what, they were going to make it. When the bridegroom came and the bridegroom gave his cry, they would be ready. They would be prepared. And their number one priority was to make it into the wedding. They would not allow anyone, they would not allow anything to distract them and cause them to miss out. Evidently, the wedding was the number one priority. Evidently, they understood the magnitude and the importance of being ready when the bridegroom came. Oh, and I ask us here today, how important is it for us to make it to the wedding? How how important is it for us? And then when the bridegroom comes for us, that we will be ready and we will be able to go with him to the marriage supper. How important. What is it on the list of priorities today? How high on our list of priorities is making it to heaven? Let me ask you this this morning. Are we willing to miss heaven for a few moments of illicit sexual behavior? Premarital or extramarital sex? Or maybe pornography? Are we willing to miss heaven for an inappropriate relationship or some other unconfessed and unrepented of sin? I asked you this morning, what is going to heaven? How is that on your list of priorities today? Have you made it the number one priority of your life? Amen. That you end up in eternity with Jesus Christ in a glorious place called heaven. Notice one other possible reason these five were deemed wise. Perhaps it was because they protected. Five foolish virgins said to the five wise, after that they had run out of oil, they said to them, give us some of your extra oil because we're running out of oil and we see that you have extra oil, so give us some of your oil so we'll have oil as you have oil. Wise answered, and they said, no, lest we too run out of oil. Hear me this morning, we will be given many opportunities to give away our oil. I said, there will be many opportunities for you to give away Remember, the oil is oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The five were wise because they knew the value Esau gave his oil away for a bowl of wolf bread and chili. Judas gave his away for a few bucks of the oil, and they wouldn't give it away for anyone or for any reason. 
Demas gave away his oil for some worldly pleasure. Let me ask you this morning, how much do we value our oil? Is there anything that we would trade for? Is there anything that we would trade our oil for? Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 26, What do you benefit if you were to gain the entire world but lose your soul? And he went on to say, is there anything worth more than your soul? What are you willing to trade your soul for? A few moments of pleasure? A few moments of popularity to fit in, to be with the in crowd? What is it this morning? Is there anything this morning that you are willing to throw away? You are willing to give away your soul For all of eternity. Talking about the parallel between the five wise and the five foolish. We've looked at the five wise virgins. Now let's take a moment and look at the five foolish. Why were these virgins called foolish virgins? Let me suggest three possibilities. Perhaps they were called foolish because they were careless. Careless. They were invited to the wedding just like the five wives were invited to the wedding. They intended on going to the wedding, had every intention in the world of going to the wedding. And they were absolutely ready and prepared for the wedding initially. But they were careless in their preparation. Although they started out well, although they had had oil in their lamps when they left, yet they failed to take extra oil with them in case the oil in their lamps ran out before the wedding began. I wonder how many Christians are careless with their oil. They don't take meeting the bridegroom very serious. Oh, they had a good start. Oh, oh, they began well. Man, maybe they had an incredible experience at youth camp. How many Christians are careless with their oil? They don't take the wedding. They. I got saved 47 times at youth camp. That was the first camp I went to. They began well, got a good start, initially filled their lap with oil, but they do absolutely nothing about replenishing the oil. They think that the oil from yesterday will be enough for today. Only come to church about once a month. They never pray. They never read their Bible. They do very little of anything to replenish their oil supply. We've got a three-ring circus going on today, and it's been that way the last few weeks. Please stay with me and just stay still if you can, unless you've got an emergency. Sorry, i just been going on for a month now.
Another possible reason why the five were called foolish could be because they were confused. They were confused. Evidently, they didn't realize what it required to be ready for the arrival of the bridegroom and to be able to go with him into the wedding. Hear me today. If we are going to go with the, our bridegroom into the marriage supper of the Lamb when, the, when he comes, we better not allow ourselves to become confused. And I'm telling you, we're living in very confusing days and very confusing times. Let me share some scripture with you. Romans chapter 16, verse 17 and 18 says, Watch out for people who teach things contrary to scripture. I tell you, just because a preacher's on the radio or on the television doesn't mean he's preaching good doctrine. It just means he can pay the, the, the price to be on the radio or the, or the TV. He can say whatever he wants to say and nobody can do anything about it as long as he pays the bill. And I'm not preaching against radio teach preachers or, 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 or TV. I'm just saying, watch out. I'm not saying it. Paul said it. Watch out for people who teach things contrary to Scripture. And he goes on to say, by smooth talk and enticing words, they deceive people. And people are being deceived today and being confused. Galatians 6 and 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest a crop according to the seeds you plant. And those who only live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest eternal death. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life. And then Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6 says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse sin. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. One more. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7 says, Don't let anyone deceive you. When people do right, it shows they are righteous. Duh. How do we tell the same? If we're going to have oil in our lamps when our bridegroom comes, if we are from the center, well, kind of hard these days, but it's not really. 1 John 3 and 7 says, don't let anyone deceive you. When people do right, it shows they are righteous. But when they keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. Going to be ready and allowed into his wedding reception. If Jesus takes us back with him when he comes, it will be because we did not allow ourselves to become confused about what it takes to be ready for his return. There's so much false and confusing doctrine floating around these days. And because most people never read their Bible anymore, and because most people only go to church once or twice a month, and because half of the church doesn't show back up on Wednesday night to be taught, because of that, people are easily swayed today, easily confused and misled. 
2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 says, A time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, but will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and they will chase after myths. Well, I don't need to go to church anymore. Well, I don't need to listen to that preacher anymore. Well, you know, this one said and that one said and this one is doing and that one is doing. Why were five of the ten virgins called foolish? Perhaps it was because they were confused as to the requirements for being ready when the bridegroom came. You might say, well, pastor, what are the requirements for being ready for our bridegroom, Jesus Christ? What are the requirements for us to be ready so that he will take us with him to the wedding when he comes? What are the requirements? All right, I'm going to tell you what they are. Since you ask, I'm going to answer your question. You must have placed your faith, your trust, And your confidence in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross as the basis of your salvation. I'm going to say that again because it is so important. You must have placed your faith, your trust, and your confidence in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross as the basis for your salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Now get a hold of this this morning. If you've tuned me out, tune back in. Come on, back in. This is heaven or hell right here. According to this scripture that I just read, there are two, say two. According to the scripture that I just read, there are two key elements in our salvation. God's grace and our faith. God's grace and our faith. Let's read this again. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So it is our faith placed in God's grace. Grace means that freely given, unmerited love and favor of God. Grace means God did for us what we could never ever do for ourselves. But it is our faith, our faith, our hope, our trust, our confidence placed in grace in God doing for us on the cross through His Son what we could not do for ourselves. It's our faith placed in God's grace that saves us. It's our faith placed in what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. That and that alone saves us. But, turn to your neighbor and say, but. Only time I'm letting you use that word. But, we must go a step farther. What about our works and our deeds and our actions? Listen very carefully and closely. If you repeat me, repeat what I said, not what you think I said. What about our works, our deeds, our actions? Let's, let's read 1 John 3, verse 7 and 8 again. Don't let anyone deceive you. 
when people do right, it shows or proves they're righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows or proves that they belong to the devil. Here's what we need to understand. Good works and right actions don't save us. But, see, we like, we, we like that, you know. We like it when the preacher says good works and right actions don't save us, especially when we've been messing around. Good works and right actions don't save us, but they are the proof. That we are saved. First John chapter 3 and verse 6 says, No one who lives for God practices sin. Anyone who continues to practice sin doesn't really know Him. See, it's not enough just to say we believe. It's not just enough to answer an altar call. It's not just enough to pray a sinner's prayer. It's not just enough to say we believe. Not just an, it's not enough to just say that we're saved. Our actions will prove whether we are or whether we're not. Now again, please hear me. Our actions isn't what saves us. If our actions could save us, we wouldn't need Jesus. Our actions don't save us, but they prove whether we are or whether we're not. Godly actions are the byproduct of our salvation. Only Jesus can change our actions. Only through Him can we become righteous. And if we have become righteous, it will show up in our behavior. It will be proven through godly actions. Now, hear everything I'm saying this morning. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about perfection. Nobody is perfect. Everybody battles some kind of sin in their life. It might be lust. It might be greed. It might be jealousy. Whatever the list you want to put in. The, hear this now. Hear this. The difference in a saint and a sinner is that the saint fights against their sin. The sinner habitually practices sin and has no guilt. The Bible is abundantly clear. You cannot habitually practice sin and serve God at the same time. And hear me this morning. If you are aware of sin in your life and you knowingly continue in the sin and continually ignore the Holy Spirit's conviction of that sin and continue to refuse to repent. Listen to me this morning. Listen to me. If the bridegroom comes when you are in such a state, you will be left out of the wedding just as the five foolish virgins were. So please do not be foolish enough to believe that you can serve God and go to heaven even though you are living the lifestyle of a sinner. Please don't be foolish enough to use God's grace as a license to sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 says, Shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Paul says, Absolutely not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in sin? I'm moving on real quickly this morning. Perhaps another possible reason why these five were called foolish. 
because they were clueless. Hang on, we're just about done, all right? We're around in third. But I'm a slow runner. Five foolish virgins. Verse 7 says, notice, notice it. It says that all the virgins arose. Now listen, stay with me because this is what you've got to hear this morning. Why were they called foolish? Because they were clueless. Verse 7 says that all ten, all, say all ten. All ten virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. They had no clue that they were in trouble. bridegroom was about to show up and they were not prepared. Their lamps had gone out. Just like Samson, the original Superman, separated for the work of the Lord, a Nazarite with God's holy anointing upon him. The Bible says that the Spirit of God would come mightily upon Samson. But Samson, too, was clueless. He thought he could have the anointing of God upon him and flirt with the devil's darlings all at the same time. But Judges 16 and 20, a horrific verse, says, But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He said, I'll go out like any other time and I'll shake myself and the Spirit of God that has come upon me in the past, the Spirit of God will come upon me again. But he didn't realize, he didn't know that the Spirit had departed from him. I look over this congregation and part of me does flip-flops and wow, is it this exciting? This place is full. We're about to go to two services. It'll fill up again. I made the mistake of telling somebody the other day, I'll build another building and fill it up. I think I had fever that day. I look out at this congregation and how my heart does flip-flops as I look and I see what God is doing and what God is going to do. But then I also know, I know, I know that everybody here this morning sitting here today are not ready to meet Jesus. And there are people here today, you think you're all right. You think you're okay. You think, oh man, when Jesus comes, He's going to take me. But He's not. He's not. Samson didn't know, didn't realize the Spirit of the Lord, his oil had ran out. It pushed the boundaries too far. His heart had more of the world in it than it did of God. And so God had no other choice, but God had to move out of his heart and let Satan move in. 
question of the day is, are there any foolish virgins here today? Has anyone here been careless? Have you failed to value your relationship with God? Ah, you're just old, and that's just old-time preaching. Well, I'll tell you what, it is old-time proof, or or old-time truth. Are you confused? Have you confused God's grace with a license to practice sin? Are you clueless? You come in here and you worship with the saints like all is well. You go to youth group on Wednesday night and you join in with the youth and you think everything's okay, but secretly you are sinning. And you don't even know that the Lord has departed from you. Oh, I understand your lamp was once full of oil and your light shone brightly. But you have long since ran out of oil and you have done nothing to replenish the supply. You come in here every Sunday or once or twice a month on Sunday and you do your deed and you do your do and you think all is well. But the oil ran out a long time ago. Clueless of the situation. You're in trouble. The five foolish were in trouble. Didn't even know it. They trimmed their lamps just like the wise did, thinking they had oil, thinking that their light was still on. Didn't even know. Didn't even know. Clueless of the situation you're in? If the bridegroom comes in your present condition, he won't take you. He won't take you. Let's take a quick look at our takeaway for the parable today. Number one, the bridegroom is coming. Jesus is coming. Oh, I've heard that. Pastor, I've heard that all my life. Well, I have too. I've heard it more than you because I've been in church more than you have. I've traveled about five years, went to church every night. As a kid, they had those three, four, five-week revivals where we went to church every night. And I'm the preacher's kid. I go. Deacon's kid stays home. Preacher's kid goes. <laughs> Wasn't a little hour, 15-minute service either, man. Three, four, five-hour services, you know. Little old ladies back in the day, you know, they weren't really little old ladies back then, but anyway, they had them big old hijacker high heels, you know, and they shouted back in those days, you know. And, uh, man, you know, about midnight, I'm tired. I'm finding me a place under the pew to get, to, you know, to sleep, you know. But, man, I know Sister, Sister Jones might get happy about midnight. She may come just bouncing right down the road, right down there with her high heels. So I, I knew I had to fit my body in, in between that pew there because, you know, <laughs> saved my life. I know we've heard it all of our life. I know he hasn't come. But I'm telling you that he's coming. 
And let me tell you something else. Whether he comes by the way of the rapture or whether you die, he's still coming for you. And Jesus said, watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man is coming. Second takeaway, and that is we better be ready for his coming. We better be ready when he comes because only those who were, who were ready, only the wise who... Uh, only the wives who were ready were allowed into the wedding. Verse 10, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the third thing, the takeaway of this message is the Bible says the door, was, the door will be shut. Amen. I got good news and bad news for you today. The good news is the door's open. Amen. Whosoever will, let him come. The door is open. Bad news is the door's about to be shut. Well, you know, the Lord comes, and I know the Lord has come, so then after the Lord comes, and I know, then I know for sure all this stuff is real. Then I'll serve God. Oh, really? You have no persecution now, and you can't even serve God, but you're going to serve God in the great tribulation period. Come on. Are there going to be people saved in the tribulation? The Bible says there are. I doubt it's going to be you and I uh, that sat in church all of our lives and heard the message. Can't make it now. Are you going to make it then? The door's open. Get in there now. Amen. Amen. The door will be shut. Verse 10. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Why was the door shut? Two reasons. Number one, to keep the righteous in. When we get to the wedding, when we get to the marriage supper of the Lamb, we never have to worry anymore. Amen. We never have to fear for our salvation. The door will be shut. Amen. We will be secure and we will be safe and we will be in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. The door is shut and it will keep us in. But not only will the door be shut in order to keep the righteous in, but it will also be shut in order to keep the unrighteous out. Revelation 22 and 15 says, but outside the city are the sorcerers. Oh, outside are the sexually immoral, the murderers, the, oh, the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. Worship team, get back in place very, very quietly. Very, very. The question of the day is, please stay with me. The question of the day is, very quickly, please, this morning. Are there any foolish virgins here today? Are there any foolish virgins here today? I don't know about you, but I'm going to examine my life before I leave this place today. I'm the preacher, and I have to pray through before I get, you know, before I get up here and preach. But I'm still, I'm going to, I'm going to look, take a, another look in my heart today. I'm not going to be careless about this walk with God. I'm not going to be careless about this wedding. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm planning on attending one of these days. And I'm going to look in my heart this morning. I'm going to see if there's anything in my heart this morning that ought not be there. And I would encourage you today to look in your heart today and make sure. Make sure. Make sure there's still oil there. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me in his presence this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand in his presence. Heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. All over this room this morning. Nobody is looking about. Nobody will see this morning. Shouldn't matter. It ought to be such a serious thing. You don't care who sees. But out of respect, 
and out of helping someone, maybe a timid person especially, please keep your head bowed and your eye closed. Are you here in this room this morning? You say, you know what, Pastor? I know I have run out of oil. I had oil in my vessel at one time, but there's no oil in there right now. I'm just fooling myself. I'm just playing church. I'm just playing games. I'm just going through the motions. I come in here a couple times a month, a couple times a year, whatever it is. Do the song and dance. But I'm not living for God. I'm not serving God. I know I'm not right with God. I try to fool everybody else. I try to fool myself. But I know today I have run out of oil. Is that you this morning? Would you lift your hand in this room, all over this room this morning? Lift it up really high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. How many others this morning? Lift your hand up real high. Wave it at me. It's kind of dark in here. Let me see. Thank you. You can put your hand down now. All right. 20 people at least lifted their hand this morning. I have run out of oil. Get out here right now. You lifted your hand. Get down here right now. Come on. I'm not going to patty cake with you today. Come on. Just get on down here. Thank you. Get on down here. Come on. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, come on. Encourage him. Encourage him. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank God for four or five, but there were 20. There were 20. Come on. Keep clapping and they'll keep coming. Come on. Come on. You lifted your hand. Come on. Come on. You run out of oil. You run out of oil. Come on. Keep coming. There was as many on this side as there was this side. Come on. Over here. Come on. You lifted your hand. Come on. Come on. Your heads are still bowed, your eyes are still closed this morning. How many would lift your hand and say, Pastor, I'm running low on oil. I'm running low. My light is flickering. Can I see your hand all over this room? Lift it up real high and wave it at me. Come on. Thank you. God bless you. Come on. How many others? I'm running low on my oil. Thank you. Thank you. Wave it at me. I'm running low on oil. I'm running low on oil. Come on, there's more. Come on, I'm running low on oil. Come on, let me see your hand all over this room. Wave it at me. Come on, there's more. All right, come on down. Come on, come on down. Be brave enough, be man enough, be warm enough. Come on, don't care about anybody. What anybody else. Come on. Come on, thank you. God bless you. Come on. God bless you. Come on. Maybe you didn't lift your head, but you know you should have. Come on. Come on. Come on down. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's others that should be coming. Thank you. God bless you. I've been a little careless. I've been a little careless. Been a little careless. Been a little careless. Your heads are still bowed. Your eyes are still closed this morning. Here's a tough one. I don't know if anybody will be able to do this, but I'm going to give you the opportunity. Man, I can't imagine the breakthrough. I can't imagine the victory you'd get if you, if you answered this altar call. You say, Pastor, I am living the lifestyle of a sinner thinking I'm going to enjoy the benefits of the saints. I'm living the lifestyle of a sinner thinking I'm going to enjoy the benefits of the saints. Is that you all over this room? Come on, lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. Anyone in this room? Anyone? That's, this is a tough one. Right. Lift, lift your hand up. Wave it at me so I can see. It's kind of dark in here. I want to see. Anyone? Anyone this morning? How many of this? One more and then we're done with this. How many in this room, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, just say, Pastor, Pastor, I'm not 100% 
convinced. I'm not 100% sure. If Jesus came today, if you take me or not, I'm not 100% sure. Let me see your hand all over, your, all over this room this morning, all over this room. Some that are already down here, are there any in their seats? Wave, wave it at me, wave it at me. See, if you're not 100%, yes, I think I see a couple of hands back in the back. If you're not 100% sure, that means you're 100% unsure. Right? You lifted your hand this morning. I want you to come and stand this morning. I want you to come. I want you to stand this morning. There was one or two at least, I know. Thank you. God bless you. You're coming. Thank you. God bless you. There's one or two more maybe, possibly. I'm not sure. All right, everyone, make a move forward to the front this morning. You guys step in just a little bit and make room for others that are coming. Y'all move forward just a little bit. Come in a little bit closer. Come in, Nikki. Come in, Gene. Would you move in just a little bit? Help him, Mark. You didn't hear me. Move, move him up a little bit so there'll be more room. Hey, Gene, can you come up a little bit? All right, just come on up as close as you can so make more room for everybody else. Amen. I'm through preaching, so I'm not going to spit on you, okay? So you're, you're safe. You're safe. Amen. First of all, I admire you for coming this morning. I admire you for coming today. God bless you for it. Amen. Amen. But you need more than my admiration this morning. You need God to help you today. I want to pray a prayer with you this morning. I want you to pray this prayer with me. There's no magic in this prayer. It's not about the prayer. It's about a change of heart. It's about a change of attitude. It's about a change of direction in your life. That's what it's all about. The prayer is just a vehicle to get you going in the right direction. Do you understand that? Your faith and your confidence is not in our prayer today, but it's in, 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 in Jesus and what he's going to do for you. But this prayer is the vehicle that helps us, all right? So your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. These that have, that have, that have come forward today are going to pray this prayer, but they're not going to pray it by themselves. We're all going to pray it so that everyone, so that no one is singled out this morning. Pray this prayer after me, Heavenly Father. I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I want to go to heaven. I go to hell. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe more than anything else. I want to go to heaven. I do not. What Jesus did for me on the cross. What I could never do for myself. And so I place my faith. My trust, my hope in what Jesus did for me on the cross. For my salvation. If you prayed that prayer in faith this morning, if you believe that Jesus did for you what you could never do for yourself, and let's finish this prayer by saying, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I admit my sin. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And I pray that you'll forgive me for being careless with my salvation. Help me to make my salvation top priority. Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen.
can you give the Lord a shout of praise in his house today? Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.